What is nonpartisan? What about being independent? What does that mean? When it comes to, to being independent, when it comes to politics and government, what is independent? What is a nonpartisan? Of the nonpartisans and the independents, where can we find a list of their beliefs, their platform, and their values? What do they stand for? It's hard to determine, but they will be steadfast and resolute in their nonpartisanship and in their being independent. They stand proudly on this nonpartisanship. But what is it? Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Tangled Angle. I'm Janice Christensen, and here we address the tangled angles of conservative American values given to us by the Constitution while using facts and keeping it classy. I am a news junkie with a passion and interest in government politics and American history, and I spent 16 years in the halls of the Washington State Legislature supporting my husband, Dan Christensen, who was elected to the House of Representatives from 2003 to 2018. Now with this podcast, I'm able to share and discuss what I've learned and experienced, along with some historical context of where we are on the timeline of history. Nonpartisan has been defined by the political analysts and hacks of the consulting and data analysis world as someone who's undecided. They're in the middle. They don't identify with either party in our nation. They don't say they're Republican. They don't say they're Democrat. And these people in the middle can sometimes be 2% of the total voting block, or they can be 98% of the middle. It depends upon who the candidate is, name recognition of the candidate, or issue, what issue is trying to be determined on the ballot. There's no good definition to this nonpartisan group. But so many people, especially in the state of Washington, they want to be nonpartisan. What is this? So as usual, that which I've done on my podcast, I turned to the dictionary. And nonpartisan says, based on, influenced by, affiliated with, or supporting the interests or policies of no single political party. They don't identify with any political party. So have these people who identify as nonpartisan studied the issues and decided they don't like either? Or are they so irritated and turned off by the system that they largely ignore what's going on in government and politics? Have these people in the middle truly thought out their decision after carefully examining both parties and what they truly stand for? Or do they truly not identify with either? According to a Pew Research article titled Political Independence, Who They Are and What They Think, and it summarized after interviewing many people that most lean toward a political party, but true independents tend to avoid politics, and they're portrayed as political free agents with the potential to alleviate the nation's rigid partisan divisions. Yet the reality of these people in the middle is that they're not all that independent politically. Those who are truly independent, they estimate, the Pew Research estimates they're about 10% of the public has no partisan leaning and stand out for their low level of interest in politics. 
But among the overall American public, 38% of them describe themselves as independents, while 31% are Democrats and 26% call themselves Republicans. And this was according to Pew Research Center data in 2018. And it really hasn't changed much. These middle independents, these nonpartisan people, aren't really all that neutral in their beliefs and politics. They lean left or they lean right, but they may be avoiding politics because of the personalities on each side. They don't want to identify with Trump on the right or Biden on the left. They just rather avoid it all and wish we could all get along, just as Rodney King so famously said during the L.A. riots in 1992. Well, this sloppy middle... Let's just pretend we're going to try and be nonpartisan. Let's just pretend we're going to be independent. What would we stand for? If the mushy, undefined middle where there aren't really any absolutes and you know we just can't all act like you know Skittles and floating unicorns floating in the sky, what are we supposed to agree on so we can get along? This nonpartisanship, this independent, is really difficult because there can be no middle that under that has standards and values and a constitutional basis for running a country for those who want a government, those who want a government. Yes, compromise is often used, but if you have two very different political philosophies and two very different viewpoints, as I discussed in my last podcast, one, the left comes from a socialist mindset, and the right typically comes from a constitutional basis for their arguments. How do you give up and abandon the basis for your convictions and become nonpartisan? This whole nonpartisanship gets really sticky during an election cycle. And political campaign strategists and consultants for years, and in every election, and I've been involved, intimately involved with nine political campaigns over 18 years. And I know that most campaign dollars during an election year and effort and time are spent to get the attention of this middle, these nonpartisan people, the independents, the undecideds, because these are the people that determine elections. And very few campaign dollars are spent on the hard left or the hard right. Those people have made up their minds long before election day. They are rock solid in their vote and almost nothing will sway them. The money is spent, the millions of dollars every election cycle are spent on these people in the middle. And I'm a black and white person. I really don't understand how you can be in the middle, know basically what the Republicans stand for and basically what the Democrats platform says and what the Democrats stand for. There's a huge wide chasm between the two philosophies, the motivations, their basis for what they want to accomplish for our nation. The Constitution is typically the Republican basis for their decisions, and the Communist Manifesto or Saul Alinsky's writings or some of the other wildly left philosophies out there are the basic beliefs of the Democrat platform. Democrats use very soothing and very persuasive words to lead the people down this rabbit hole that is very destructive for our nation. I remember when Obama ran for president and he said, I'm for hope and change. And I was so nervous throughout that whole campaign when he first ran, I go, change? What kind of change? What does he mean by change? Well, he was perfectly right and he accomplished his campaign platform promise for hope and change because he did definitely change our nation. 
people listening to it thought, oh, good, we're going to get change back to civility and toward the Constitution and towards what's right for a nation. When he said he wanted to change it, he meant he wanted it to become a communist nation with leftist policies, socialist policies, Obamacare, and those things that erode our individual liberties and freedoms. And these two sides are coming from completely different orientations. And the distinction between left and right is very clear. And when it comes to judges, I know during an election cycle, we're often called, you know, what judges should I vote for? Because they're nonpartisan. And I don't know which judges are good. And who should we who should we support? And when judges run as nonpartisan, they show up listed in the voter guide as having no party affiliation. And in our country, This is supposed to mean that they will make decisions based solely on the Constitution and the rule of law that's gone before them. When judges are supposed to be nonpartisan, ideally this means that they're asked to put aside their own personal judgments and opinions and decide a case based solely on the merits and the facts of the situation using the law and the Constitution to do this and as a basis for their decisions. It doesn't mean that this judge has no personal convictions or morals either way. It just means that they technically have agreed to put this aside. Now, when Roe v. Wade came in in the early 70s, allowing abortion on demand in our nation, that was the first time that the U.S. Supreme Court had really been, had really become a political arm of government. Before that, they stayed out of legislative issues, and they just decided on law that had already been decided by the Congress. And this was the first time that they, you know, ran around Congress and made law for the land in their judicial decision. And since then, about the early 70s, this whole thing about judges being nonpartisan is very difficult to discern now because now they just look like a third branch of government instead of this independent branch that's supposed to decide the law based on the Constitution. So the good judges will put aside their personal convictions and just vote on the basis of the law. But as we've seen now, it's judges are just a political, political arm of government just like the other two, like the executive and legislative branches which is sad for our nation. It's eroded to this. Back to these nonpartisan people, you know, I'm wondering, how can you remain nonpartisan and vote? And this always, I mean, every election cycle, we we talk to many political consultants. And, you know, like I said, all the campaign dollars are spent on these people in the middle during a campaign cycle. And these are the people who really don't pay much attention to politics or just tune it out because they're sick of the fighting, sick of the arguing, and sick of the battle. And these are the people who are forced to make a decision during an election time. And they complain that all these political ads are interrupting their favorite TV shows and filling up the airtime and disgruntled and irritated at the whole mess. They just moan. They moan and groan. Can't we? We just can't wait till this election is over and all these ads will go away. This is your quote-unquote nonpartisan middle. And campaign hacks know these barrage of ads work, otherwise they wouldn't spend the millions of dollars to do them. And these millions of dollars are spent to get the attention of the independents. And eventually, if these independents want to vote, they have to choose either left or right to make a decision. 
and therefore they if they have voted voted predominantly for one of the other two part one of the two parties they're really not independent anymore they have declared some of who they are by their vote but usually after the elections over the you know the stubborn ones go back to their corners and publicly declare that they're independent well i thanks to covid and our government's horrible response to covid stripping us of our freedoms and liberties and really causing havoc in the private sector and thousands of businesses here in our state have closed around the nation. I don't even, they don't even know what the toll is about how many businesses are gone forever because our, of our government's lousy response to a sickness. But this whole thing has really pushed these people out of being an independent or being nonpartisan. And it's really taken away their ability to avoid these topics and these subjects. So if you're one of these people, I just welcome you to the fight, welcome you to the battle. My first podcast, almost one year ago now, I've been podcasting for almost one year. In my first podcast, I asked if 2020 was your wake up year. And in that podcast, I talk about my own shock and disbelief at the war that is politics and how I didn't want to be in a war. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't contribute to this mess and how it was. I don't like war. I was the blissfully naive person wishing we all could just get along. Now that I've walked in the trenches of government for two decades and understood what goes on, I realize that the left are those who want to destroy our way of life, destroy the family, destroy education, destroy capitalism, destroy property rights, destroy gender differences, what it means to be male and female, and destroy the Constitution. And I realized these people never sleep. The left is always at war with freedom and liberty, and I realized the left doesn't want to come to any sort of middle, any sort of compromise, any semblance of getting along. They want to destroy what is true and right. When the left is in the minority, they scream bipartisanship. Oh, we need to be bipartisan. We need to have consensus from both sides of the aisle. They scream bipartisanship when they're in the minority. But when the left is in the majority, they don't even glance at the other party. They don't even give them the time of day. They are on a mission to destroy this country. And they're just relieved that the Republicans and those who love our country and the Constitution have been put in the the minority. The left has no interest in any sort of middle. They just want to use these nonpartisan people for their own purposes. And when they say, we need to compromise, we need to come to the middle, what they really mean is those on the right need to give up all of their values and morals and and the Constitution and come to their side completely and abandon our own beliefs to compromise, quote unquote, and come to their side these people in the middle have been there for, it's been documented in our nation for more than a century. There's a book written by New York Times bestselling author Paul Kengor, and he says that these people in the middle are dupes. They're the ignorant middle, the nonpartisan being used by whoever is in power to control the country. And only those who are are awake and really know the long game and what is going on understand that these dupes these nonpartisans, the independent, the noncommittal, have been used by the left and the progressives to unravel and undermine the Constitution and America for a century. And he goes through FBI files, he goes through a lot of Soviet archives and other resources and tells the story of how these people in the middle are duped 
and used by the enemies of the United States and the enemies of our Constitution. These dupes are flattered to their faces. One example of what has happened during COVID is a lot of these people have been duped by sending them unemployment checks for months and months, handing out free money so people lose their motivation to work, giving every child in America $300 a month and calling it a tax credit, building bigger and bigger quote-unquote safety nets. Well, the predators for these people in the middle's values prey on them and want their vote. And these dupes willingly take the money and have no idea as they take the money, they're playing the victim, they're playing the victim, oh, I can't get a job, you know, it's really rough, and so on. They don't know they're willingly helping in their own victimization, now being felt by high inflation, product shortages, you know, real estate prices skyrocketing, the high cost of living, the supply chain shortages, all of that is because these people were duped during COVID to accept all this free money and go home and not work. And Vladimir Lenin, who in the early 1900s leading up to World War I was the founder of the Russian Communist Party called the Bolsheviks, he used this word for dupe. He called them useful idiots. Vladimir Lenin led the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, and he was the architect and the first head of the Soviet state during the end of World War I, 1917 to 1924. And he was the founder of this organization known as Com Intern, which is the doctrine codified and joined with Karl Marx's works. And he formed Marxism-Leninism, which is now the communist worldview. And Vladimir Lenin used this term, useful idiot, to control the people of Russia And it really resulted in the death of millions in the 20th century by starvation and other things. Vladimir Lenin used the term useful idiots to describe communist sympathizers in Western civilization, namely the United States. So this term of dupe or useful idiot, or otherwise known as the nonpartisan middle, has been used for years. It's documented for a century by the left to accomplish what they want. So which brings us to to today, and I think the squishy middle just got smaller. And more and more people have now a political opinion of who's in office. Like I talked about in my last podcast, number 24, that, that when you're elected to office, whoever's elected, it is just revealed who they are. They don't change once they become elected to office. It just reveals who they already are. And I think during COVID, starting in March 2020 till today, the great unveiling and the great revealing has happened. And President Donald Trump said, I want to drain the swamp. And, you know, a lot of people clapped, yay, you know, let's get rid of all these career politicians. But I think, I don't know if he realized what he was saying, but the swamp got exposed on many levels in schools, in judges, and who's in the courts, and who's in the state legislatures, who's in Congress. It was like the, the lid got ripped off this gigantic policy that's been going on, and now people have woken up. And I'm so glad that many people have come to discover that the government and politics is important and that being involved is the only way to change it for the better, whether it's attending a school board meeting or a county council meeting or weighing in on what your legislature is doing. 
it matters who holds these positions in our government and that the founders so you know our founders so beautifully set up this government for a free and moral people and they said it won't work for any other so those who love freedom and those who have morals must be involved in the system we need to make sure that those who hold these offices are for the values of freedom and liberty and not to use these offices and these places of power to abuse them to gain their own selfish power. There's another thing that was talked about, and it's widely known in government, is silence is agreement. If you are silent on an issue, then those in government think you are agreeing. And our silence is killing us. There is no such thing as living in a nonpartisan, noncommittal, independently unattached world from any moorings or anchors or principles that ground us as individuals, families, or a nation. There's no such thing as the nonpartisan middle. Yes, it's messy. Yes, the battle is messy. But those of us who stand for freedom and liberty must speak up and make our voice be heard anywhere anywhere. Doesn't mean you have to run for office, but we have to be participating in the system. So to answer my own question, no, there's no such thing as nonpartisan or an independent, because we are all affected by the government we live under. And to preserve it and keep it, we must make a decision. I'd love to hear from you. Please give me some feedback and let me know what you think. You can find me on Facebook at Janice Christensen and on Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram at Janice Christ, J-A-N-I-S-K-R-I-S-T. Janice Christ. J-A-N-I-S-K-R-I-S-T.